something. So, uh, so that's been one of my main goals for the group this year. So it's on Thursday, November 2nd from 12 to 1. If you are a Christian business owner, Miss Kathy has some of the flyers back there at the info booth. We just ask that you register online for it so we know how many are coming. But we've got a really great response so far from so many of the local businesses. We would love for you to be there. And also, we're going to keep reminding you that the Enriched Food Pantry over at HDWC Midtown Chapel uh, we need volunteers over there. So Miss Kathy has a sign-up sheet back there for that also. And uh, and we're working on getting our 9 a.m. service started over there, guys. I know it's been a few weeks of not hearing any news. So everybody over there is wanting news. Everybody over here is wanting news. But we made some progress this week on coming up uh, with an agreement, uh, you know, that we can sign with them. So anyway, we will let you know ASAP as soon as we find out a start date for over there. So just hang with us on that. Amen. All right. I'm going to have Pastor Katie tell you all of the fabulous Harvest Fest information because Harvest Fest is this Friday, everybody. Come on. So we are pumped up. So this week over here is like the busiest week of the whole year at HDWC. She's got a list of things. So like we said this morning, take a pen out, you know, write down the information you need and, uh, you know, any help you give us this week, it's for Jesus. It's going to be great. So go ahead. It really is so fun because you get together and you pray over candy while eating a Tootsie Roll. It really is a very holy moment, and I'm serious. So uh, so you can do candy packing. You can come be a part of setting up. Um, but the goal and the idea is that when you're here on the property that, this week, that you're praying over the families that are here. You're praying over those who would come, who need to know the love of God, who need their lives changed and restored. So it's a big week. It's an important week. And starting tomorrow, we'll give you a little nibble of the candy. It'll be good. Tomorrow night, 5 o'clock, until they're done. So usually that's like 5 till 8-ish, 8, 9-ish, eight, maybe. Yes, okay. I'm waiting for Desiree's knock. Yes. Um, because it's a 1,000 candy bags. It's a lot of candy bags. So if you can come for an hour, awesome. If you can come for three hours, awesome, great. Um, we've had some teenagers ask if they can come and help. Absolutely, of course. Um, I would caution you in bringing your small elementary-aged children I don't see that going well. Just a heads up. Okay, so tomorrow, 5 o'clock, candy packing. Tuesday and Wednesday um, at 6.30 on Tuesday. And then also 7 o'clock on Wednesday is going to be our training. So if you're serving in any area for Harvest Fest, we want to make sure that you're trained well and that all that paperwork is done. So should something happen to you or should something happen on the property, we have all of our ducks in a row and we know how to take care of you and take care of everybody as well. So don't miss Tuesday or Wednesday. If you work Wednesday night, you can't come to Wednesday service, then you'd be here Tuesday. Okay? If you can't be at either of those, you better tell Miss Desiree tonight. Desiree, wave. This is Miss Desiree. Okay. So, training Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, also, Wednesday, they are going to be uh, doing some setup even earlier. So, you can come earlier than service if you'd like and do some setup. All week long, all week, Monday through Friday. Friday's like game day, you know what I mean? So there's a whole lot going on Friday. So Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to noon, and then also 2 to 6, 
they're going to have a bunch of setup going on. So if you want to come be a part of that, that would be amazing. Um, what they're doing tomorrow during the day is cleaning out the shed. So you get to take all the games out and pray over the games and hose them down. And it's just a good, fun day on the lawn of the office. It'll be great. Um, and then uh, the rest of the week, they will be doing all kinds of setup, counting bracelets, putting up banners, all kinds of things. So bring yourself a drill and some tools or just bring yourself and there'll be plenty to do. Friday morning is go time. So if you are off Friday and you would like to help and pray, it is the day of all days. If you're looking for somewhere to truly connect to the family, like you feel like you're disconnected, being here for Harvest Fest is the way that you link arms and make friends. Not even kidding. And then you get to minister to other families. So be here this week. Stop Desiree or Miss Summer um, or Miss Renee if you need to be connected in a different area. Otherwise, just show up. Amen. That's right. Very good. So who's going to be involved this week with Harvest Fest? Amen. And, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the name of the event is key. It's Harvest Fest. And Jesus said in Luke 10, verse 2, that the harvest is great. But the laborers, the workers are few. And so, uh, you know, we, we do this event not just because we've got nothing better to do. We want to have a good time. We want to celebrate fall. We've been through a hot summer, you know, praise God. But listen, we don't just do this for a fun activity, though it is. But we do this to share the love of Jesus and get the gospel message out to families, children, grandmas, grandpas. And that's what we're going to do. So we're going to have fun. We're going to bless everybody but they're going to hear the good news about Jesus and any level that you contribute in this. Amen. Whether you bring in candy, whether you help out at the event, you are contributing to somebody being able to hear the gospel and get the love of Jesus. And so it's more than just some little thing that we do. There's a reason for it. And that's why I want everybody to be involved and have a hand in this because Jesus said the harvest is great. And he's talking about the harvest of souls into the kingdom of God. He said, there's just not enough workers. And if that was the case back then, we know it's the case now. So let's step up to the plate and contribute to the kingdom of God this week. Who's a contributor? Yeah. Amen. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's all the announcements for now. So who knows what time it is now? Yes. It's happy time. Amen. And uh, we're going to do our Sunday night tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get one for you. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. We're going to turn in our Bibles to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Amen. I'm going to be in the King James on this one tonight. Psalm 37 and verse 4. And I love this verse. It is, uh, it's good and from so many angles, but we're going to approach it from the, from the area of our giving tonight and our finances. So Psalm 37 and verse four in the King James, it says, delight thyself 
also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. And so when we delight ourselves in the Lord, man, if you delight in something or someone, you're all about it. Amen. You want to be around it. You want to, you know, you want to, you want that. And so when we delight in the Lord, we certainly are obeying his word. Uh, you know, we're, we're being doers of the word. And so I would say somebody that delights in the Lord, they obey God, uh, in, in all areas. And, and, and I would say that this would also include the area of our giving. And so somebody that delights themselves in the Lord, they don't have an issue with tithing. They don't have an issue with being a giver, with bringing in candy to give to children to hear the gospel. It's no big deal because you see the big picture when you delight yourself in the Lord. But here's the thing. God has a promise attached to this verse. He says, if you'll do that, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Amen. And so if you've got godly desires in your heart, God will get those to you, man. It's a godly thing to want your finances to be blessed. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a godly thing, you know, to, to say, Lord, we're, we're obeying you with our money and we're asking you to bless our money, to bring more in. He can do it and he can help you take care of your family and everything else. But Let's be doers of the word. Let's be obedient. Let's delight ourselves in the Lord. And we know we'll do our part. You better bet that he can do his part. Who knows that tonight? God can do his part. Amen. He's got the goods to back up his word. Hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead and stand up tonight. We're going to speak some words of faith over our giving. And then uh, we're getting a little praise and worship here. And then pastor's going to be bringing the word to us tonight. Amen. So let's go ahead and we'll speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Worship with us at the altar tonight. Just drop off your offering and then make your way up front and let's worship together. You're the real. 
us become. Thank you, Jesus, for sending us the great Holy Ghost down to earth to live in us, to use us, to anoint us, to teach us, to speak to us, to heal through us, to change people's lives through us, Lord. We thank you for the great Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you tonight for helping me teach the Word of God plain, simple, easy to understand so that everyone can get it. And thank you for the tender hearts, teachable spirits, and the clear minds, and people that are willing to change more and more and more to let you lead them and guide them and show them how to do things in this life, Lord. Thank you tonight, Lord, for showing yourself strong through the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I want you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 19. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7. But tonight, we're going to be talking about how to pray perfect prayers of intercession. And I want to show you a couple couple books that will help you, especially you'll see so at the end of the service if you want to study more of it. This is called The Baptism in the Holy Spirit. How many here have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues? Okay, about good. About a third of the people have. So that means i got two-thirds of you don't know what we're talking about. That is really great because we're going to help you. Amen. Amen. You know, when, when, we're on, when, we, when I ask for a show of hands, I'm not asking to set somebody up like we're going to embarrass you. Just ask a serious question. So I, I want to ask one more time. How many of you have ever received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking tongues? Well, that's better. That's, that's about a little, little, little over a third. So this is really going to be good. This book here out of the bookstore will help you uh, how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then after we teach what we're teaching tonight, you'll understand this book here. This is called Why Tongues. It's in Spanish, got it in Spanish, got it in English. And we're going to be te- teaching a lot tonight about your prayer language or speaking in tongues. And uh, my purpose tonight is not to try to convince some religious person to get a hold of something. My purpose tonight is to help believers that already speak in tongues to know what you've got and how to use it more effectively. 
to help people that are hungry to be able to get it. That's my purpose. So if somebody's been already religiously taught by other people that this is wrong, et cetera, et cetera, I'm not really talking to you unless, you know, unless you're open, you want to change. When I was, when I was a baby pastor way back in the early 90s, I uh, kind of with intimidation with the religious crowd back in Indiana taught about spirit-filled things, tongues, and things like that because that was really, it's, they call that the Bible belt back there, but really it's the religious belt too. It's a lot of people would debate the Bible, but a pastor like myself wouldn't sincerely help people from the Bible. And so I've never been a debater about it. And so, you know, if you're somebody that's watching online or you're sitting here and you think, well, I doubt that, I doubt that, I doubt that, well, just stay doubting, but we're believers. Amen. We just sang a song about Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. And let me tell you something else I determined back in Indiana when I was a new pastor began to teach these things. I realized, I realized the entire New Testament was written by tongue talkers. They were all there on the day of Pentecost. And they all began to speak of other tongues. And then Paul came along. And then we, we'll see this in the word a little bit there. Then Paul said, I speak in tongues more than any of you. And Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And so what I've seen in modern times by experience around church circles, religious places, is this, that all the debate about tongues is always by non-tongue talkers. Talk about something they're ignorant on because they've never done it. And so the Bible is written by tongue talkers, two tongue talkers, to help them understand the Bible better. Amen. And so the Bible talks about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It talks about being filled with the Spirit. The Bible teaches being born of the Spirit and then being filled with the Spirit. And so to go to heaven, you don't need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to speak in tongues. You go to heaven because you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe he died for your sins, rose from the dead. And you believe that, embrace that, begin to live by that, you go to heaven. But when you become baptized with the Holy Ghost because you sit in the Word of God, how does faith come? Hearing. Hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. So when you see things in the Word of God, you get faith for what the Word of God says. And so the Holy Spirit, I, I, I was thinking as was worshiping, I was down at John Olstein's church. Anybody ever heard of John Olstein, Joel's dad? When I was down there, Joel was a little cameraman. He stood on a little wooden crate so he could reach the camera. But anyway... John Olstein at a conference I was at made this statement. He taught on the Holy Spirit for a week, and he made this statement. The Old Testament highlighted God the Father. So the Old Testament's about God, Jehovah, all the way through the Old Testament. And then the Gospels emphasized the life of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth. And then the epistles, starting the book of Acts of the epistles, the book of Revelation, uh, highlighted the Holy Spirit, demonstrated the Holy Spirit. And so where we are in, in this dispensation of time, the spiritual arena, God the Father's in heaven. Jesus the Son's in heaven at the right hand of God, and the Holy Spirit's down here. Amen. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit's the one down here that shines today, but everything he does. Jesus said, Acts chapter 16, or uh, yeah, Acts chapter 16, Jesus said, everything the Holy Spirit does is going to glorify the Son. And so you can always tell where the Holy Spirit's in manifestation because everybody wants to talk about Jesus. Amen. I remember, i, I got to get to all this up here. This, this is really good, but I've been preaching for a few years, so things come out of me from places I've been. We had, we had one time, how many days were those Holy Ghost meetings? 63? We had 63 straight days, seven days a week. 
of Holy Ghost services in our church back in Indiana. And my music minister came in one night for the service, and he said, I got I to gotta play the Holy Ghost song. And I said, what is that, Stan? We had a church full of people. He said, when I was coming over today, the Holy Spirit said, Stan, are you going to play my song tonight? And Stan said, well, Holy Spirit, I didn't know you had a song. He said, yeah. He said, I've got a favorite song. Stan said, what is it? Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. That's always stuck with me. The Holy Ghost doesn't make people do goofy things. Amen. Amen. Sometimes things that God does through people that are spirit-filled looks weird to people that look at things in the flesh. But if you're flowing with the Spirit, everything that He does is always, always, always going to draw somebody closer to Jesus. Amen. 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 So tonight, we're going to be talking about how to pray perfect prayers of intercession. But this first passage right here, I'm going to read this. And this is not really what the message is going to be about. But if uh, we have people that are hungry for this, that want to know about it and want to receive it at the end of the service... We're going to give you a chance to come up here. We'll pray for you. And Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in other tongues. And so verse 19, and by the way, take note, this is 20 years after the day of Pentecost. This is 20 years after the day of Pentecost where they're in the upper room. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is 20 years later, and Paul wasn't even there. Paul at that point in time was taking uh, Christians to prison. And was, was even killing them, helping me be killed. And so Paul wasn't a part of it. But then this is 20 years later. And it says, And it came to pass while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And uh, I can't get sidetracked. Because i got to finish this whole thing I've got for you tonight. So if you start getting tired, shake yourself or stand up. But i got to tell you a real brief story. When I, was a, when I was a young boy, my grandma took me to the Baptist church all the time. The Baptist church had Baptist churches that preached Jesus, born again, are really great places. I was so glad to go there, but I never heard about any Holy Ghost there. And so I backslid for a number of years. Then when I was 28 and a half years old, I got born again. And the Lord led me to a Pentecostal church. At a Pentecostal church are people that really believe in the Holy Ghost. They do a lot of things. A lot of things happen. And one night in a nighttime service, service is over with, had about a half a dozen of these Pentecostals. They come back to my seat and surrounded me. And they said, you need baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I never knew it was a Holy Ghost. And so I said, Brother Dixon baptized me when the Baptist church, at least the ones back in Indiana, they don't call the pastor pastor, they call him brother. And so when I was in high school, Brother Dixon baptized me. So these people surrounded me, and they said, you need to baptize the Holy Ghost. I said, Brother Dixon baptized me. They said, you need to baptize the Holy Ghost. I said, Brother Dixon baptized me. They didn't teach me these verses right here we get ready to look at. If they would have taught me the Word of God like I'm teaching you, you'd understand there's a difference between water baptism and baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So anyway, that was a scene. I'd go out and tell you lots of things about that scary night. But anyway, in spite of all that, the Lord did baptize me in the Holy Ghost later on. And so it says, they said, we never even heard there was a Holy Ghost. 
He said unto them, uh, what then were you baptized? They said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. I was looking at that again today, and I think probably everybody's probably familiar with when John was baptizing at the River Jordan. Remember that? He was telling the people, you got to repent, repent, repent. And then, and then he told them, there's one coming after me. He is mightier than me. He said, I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. Well, that's what Paul's talking about here. He said, John baptized in water for repentance till Jesus came. And so these people here said, we were baptized in water by John. And he said, that's the baptism of repentance. So then he's getting going a little further right here. And he says this, when they heard this, that when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So then he baptized them in New Testament baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus, not in the name of John the Baptist. So then he baptized them in water. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. And so these people here, 20 years after the resurrection, after the day of Pentecost, these people been disciples for all these years. And then he came along and he baptized them in water. And then he laid hands on them and the Holy Ghost came on them. And because we're not teaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, died, I can take you to a multitude of scriptures, the book of Acts, where it calls that the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost came on them. And notice this. When they began to speak in tongues, they stepped it through the supernatural and began to prophesy. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, supernatural gifts begin working through you because they're called the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost came on, they began to prophesy. And so uh, I, I think about the tongues part. So they, they begin to speak in other tongues. And for people that are looking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost to want it in their own lives, it says they begin to speak in other tongues. It doesn't say the Holy Ghost did. They did. And so when the Holy Ghost comes on you and gets in you, he'll give you the unction, the urge to begin to speak it out in another tongue. But you've got to speak it out by faith when it comes. Amen. And I'm not teaching on the benefits of speaking in tongues. That's a whole other lesson. I'm going to teach you just a little different direction tonight. But... I was just thinking a while ago, I heard a preacher say this when I was a young Christian. It always stuck with me. Uh, praying, praying with your understanding is really good. The Bible teaches that. We'll talk about that after a while. In other words, you're praying what you know. You see something going on, you pray for the Lord to bless somebody. Uh, pray for the Lord to help somebody make a trip. Pray for a job, whatever. There are lots of things you can pray out of your head. That's your understanding. But we begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. whole different arena. But I heard this preacher say this. It always stuck with me. It'd be like going up to, to a 10-story building. You got an elevator and you got steps. It's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort to run up all those steps to get to the top. Is that that's like praying in your own language? He said, "But pray to the spirits like get on the elevator. You just get there quicker and a lot easier. You don't get wore out." How many can attest to that? That are tongue-talking prayers. Amen. You get the job done quicker and easier that way. They just pray and pray and pray and and really. When you're praying with your understanding, you're almost scattershotting. You just put down everything you know, and pretty soon you run out of words, and you hope you hit something. Somebody said, Amen or oh me. Amen. We want to help you tonight. And so Paul laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And so uh, we're going to be teaching tonight about praying in tongues privately. 
We call that our prayer language. And just, I'll just say this up front. And this is where the confusions come in by non-tongue talkers. The Bible teaches the gift of tongues and interpretation. And then there's private prayer in tongues. And that's what we'll be emphasizing on because so many people that have never experienced this themselves try to teach something that they're totally ignorant about. And that's, that's not a bad thing. It just means they don't know. And so they teach what's been passed down to them by other people telling them. But we're not talking about the gift of tongues and interpretation. That happens in church services a lot where somebody will get a public tongue and then somebody get interpretation or they get the interpretation themselves. And the interpretation of a tongue, I can't go down too many bunny trails. I've got to stay on course. But it doesn't say translation. It's interpretation. A translator is something, it's something totally different. They're translating word for word. An interpreter interprets the flow of the Spirit, what the Spirit's wanting to get across. And so it might come out a little different, but the main thing, the Holy Spirit wants to get something to people, and so an interpreter picks up on what the Spirit's saying and begins to say it, but it comes through the interpreter. Amen? And so and so we're, we're going to be talking tonight about your private prayer language, and uh, I just want you to follow close. I want to, I want to stay on course with the notes I got because I've got to stay on track on that. I want you to turn to Romans 8, 26 and 27. Romans 8, 26 and 27. And uh, I don't have a trick Bible. I've got a real Bible. Mine's King James. might be different. But I learned something years ago. I used to go do a lot of door-to-door work. Mrs. Pastor and I, we used to go to a lot of houses, knock on a lot of doors. And uh, sometimes, you know, people would say, well, I've never seen that in the Bible before. And i say, well, you've got a Bible? So they'd have their own... Their, their Bible in there on the table, you know, and blow the dust off of it, the Bible they've always kept to write deaths and marriages and stuff in. And I said, well, here, I don't want to look at my Bible. Can I see your Bible? And said, that's what my grandma gave me. I said, well, good. You know your grandma wouldn't hurt you. So let's look at your Bible. So we see verses in their Bible, and I found out that people, if they see them in their own Bible, lay the guard down. They like, wow, I never saw that there before. And so that's why I always encourage people, bring your own Bible to church See it in your own Bible because you see it in your Bible that Grandma gave you or see it in your Bible you got as a gift for graduating from high school or something. See it in your Bible that the Holy Spirit's going to be able to get to your heart a whole lot easier. Amen? And so Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. And, and before I read these, I, w- I want to tell you how this sermon was birthed. Everybody by now knows there's things going on in the Middle East. Well, when's everything not been going on in the Middle East? <laughs> But I think everybody probably senses this might be something a little more different than normal times. Amen. There's things been going on for years and years over there. And so during the course of this whole thing, I know a lot of people prayed a lot of things in a lot of places. And I pray a lot of things. I know, I know that the end result is I know that God is going to prevail through Israel. His people are going to win the battle after it's all over with. But... There's little things go on every day. I had to quit watching the news again. I thought I could follow that. But every day there's just so much going on that, that that doesn't put any faith in you. It takes your faith away if you watch it too close. So what I do now, basically, i got one side I like to look at. I pop this one thing up. I read the headlines. If I see something's changed since yesterday or something I want to know about, then I'll go ahead and study that story out. But the thing is, if praying with my head, there's so many things I can pray with my understanding. But that not, might not be the way God wants it prayed for. 
And so I've shifted to where I pray in the Spirit for Israel all the time. I'll be driving down the road. I'll be getting up, having, having breakfast up, and I'll say, Lord, I'm praying for Israel. And I'll just shift into praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. And when you see these verses, if you got an open heart, and as I said, I'm talking to Spirit-filled people that may not quite know how to use what they've got. I know we've got some in here. And that other people that want to do more and better for God, I'm talking to you, that he wants to use you to make perfect prayers of intercession. Amen. Amen. How many receive that? Okay. And so Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities. Helpeth our infirmities. Now, I'm going to go real slow and break the verses down tonight that I'm teaching to show you real slow so you'll get it. And I, I learned most of this off of Brother Hagin over there sitting on him and others such as him that also read my Bible with the lessons I was always taught. And then since February the 4th, 1980, I have been a tongue talker. When something like that happens to you, it changes your life forever. And if you stay hungry for Jesus and follow him and stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit and don't try to grieve him but try to please him, you'll learn more and more from the Bible. And so anyway, likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helpeth our infirmities. I want to look at these words right here so you can see this. Helpeth comes from three different Greek words. Helpeth means to take hold against. To take hold against. It means together. And it means with. Now, infirmities means Ill, inability to get results. Inability to get results. And so this says right here, as we're going to see, in praying to the Spirit about things, there's things that you don't know how to pray it right. And you have the inability to have the breakthrough you know is there. How many have ever been praying and you knew you finally had a breakthrough and you felt peace? I've got this thing prayed. Amen. How many have been up at this, against these mountains and you've done all the faith things you know, man? You, 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 you've cursed the bad things. You've released the good things. And you said, mountain be removed. And every time you look up, the mountain's still there just laughing at you. Amen. Well, that's when you need to know how to pray in tongues. That infirmities means inability to get results. And it might be a sickness. But it might, it might, it might be a marriage divorce problem. It might be a child custody problem. It might be a job problem, money problem, people problem, church problem. There's things sometimes that you pray to, you're blue in the face, and you're getting no results. It says the Holy Spirit wants to take hold with our spirit, with us, against those things, and change those things. It says the Holy Spirit wants to do that. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. So that's what we're talking about, is how to pray effectively in the Holy Spirit says, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. So if you don't know how to pray for it like we ought, you pray all the scriptures, you know. But there's so many things in the Bible that are in the Bible in ways that help you for your life. But no place in the Bible to ever find a verse that said, Pastor Bernie Janice samples, you're done in Indiana. I want you to move to California. I couldn't find a verse that said that. But we did a lot of praying in the Holy Spirit, did a lot of intercession in the Holy Spirit about the plan of God for our life, and then God began to lead us and begin to open doors, and then we got an invitation to come to California, 
and we never cared anything about California. Uh, the whole country's a lot like California it used to be because we say California's changing. But in California, all we do about back in Indiana, three things I remember that we always saw in the news. Number one, a lot of sexual immorality. God was going to judge California. Earthquakes were going to come, and there wasn't going to be to California get swallowed up. And then while I was still here, there's police chases all the time. That's true. We turn on the news out there in Indiana all the time. I guess they thought we was a doll out there. We had to watch California chases. That's what we watched. And so we never, we never thought about California. So it took the Holy Ghost through us in praying in tongues for him to show us what the next step was in life. And so we came out here. And, uh, I, don't, I don't think about how we live because we, Mrs. Pastor, I've lived by faith and not by sight so many years. We don't even think about things we do. We just do them. But Katie, she always tells this story, said, said Bob started packing up three months before, you knew, before we knew he was moving. Well, in our spirit, we knew it by the Holy Ghost. Said she come over to our house. I don't remember those things because we just lived that way. Amen. And so we had, she had things packed up. Of course, I helped her. So we had boxes all over our house all packed up. And then we found out we was moving. <laughs> in the Holy Ghost, you begin to see things with the eyes of your spirit and pick up on things. And for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So you just begin to respond to the Spirit on the inside. And people look at you and they think you're nuts. People have always thought we was nuts. But I'll tell you what, we, we, we lost our mind. We lost our carnal mind and we started walking in the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. We got our minds renewed to the Word of God, being led by the Spirit of God. And uh, I, I would say 99.99% of my family... Uh, pretty much stayed away from me because they was afraid of me and they couldn't handle me because I didn't live like they lived. And I'm not, I'm not saying bad about it. We were always led by the Spirit. You know, when you're a Spirit-filled Christian, you give things away and don't even think about it. Amen. You do things that you don't think about for your head because you're following Jesus and when you really know He's real, you don't care what people think. You care what He thinks. And you follow His plan. Amen. And so anyway, it says, we don't know not what we should pray for as we ought. And so that's how I'm about Israel. And so many times in life concerning family or friends, what they're going through, job decisions, don't know what, what really pray effectively, you've got to look at verses like this and live like this. Matter of fact, all, all morning this morning, uh, I told Mrs. Pastor, uh, I don't know what's going on, Charlie Kirkman, haven't seen him for 35 years probably. I know he's old now. I said, he might be getting ready to go to heaven or something. I said, I've got to pray in tongues this morning for Charles. I don't even know if he's still alive. Hadn't heard from him. But that's how we live. We've, we've become sensitive to that. And if you haven't seen somebody for 35 years, how do you know to pray for healing? How do you know you can pray for money? How do you know to pray for his family? What do you pray for? Well, I don't know how to pray for Charlie as I ought. And so the Holy Ghost, through me, prays what he wants to pray. Amen. And so as, as we ought, but then it says, but, and so God is now going to give us the answer and how to pray when you don't know how to pray. And I want to say something else that Brother Hagin used to say a lot. He said, if all you know how to pray, now get this, and it'll probably offend people. If it does, get over it. He said, you're praying the wrong prayer if all you pray is God bless Virginia. Oh, God bless Virginia. He said, well, Ephesians 1 3 says, I've already blessed her. 
with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. He said you need to pray for Virginia's eyes to be opened so she'll see how to walk in the blessing. He said, why are you going to pray God bless him? He said, I can't bless him anymore. My son died for their sins. I've given them the Holy Ghost. I've given my word. You start praying for them to be strengthened in their inner man. Pray for their eyes to be opened. This is all spiritual prayers, by the way. Start praying what the word of God says. And Brother Hagin just said it this way. You might as well say, twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. And say, God bless you. He said that would have just as much results because you're praying stuff that he's already done. Amen. That's what he says. Don't know how to pray as well. But now look at this. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, King James says itself, but the Holy, the Holy Ghost is not a it. He's a him. The Holy Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And the original language says, which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. That means your regular kind of speech. In other words, you don't know uh, what words to pray, so the Holy Ghost will intercede through you. And as you read the book of Acts, <clears throat> you're going to see that every time people <clears throat> excuse me, were baptized in the Holy Ghost, they begin to speak in other tongues. They begin to speak in our prayer language. And so when they're praying, you're not praying the regular kind of speech. I, I, I pray in English because that's all I know. You know, I, I pray in English. And people sometimes say, how many languages do you know? I just say English and tongues. And I pray in tongues more than I do in English. Because most of the time, I don't really know what to pray about people's lives. I mean, it's obvious if you see they need a job, you can pray that because you know that. If you see they need healing, you can pray for that. If they're having marriage problems, you can pray for that. If they're having problems with teenagers or something, you can pray for things you know. But a lot of times, you'll be going about your life, and all of a sudden, you just say, John Nadine, John Nadine. I don't know what's going on with John Nadine right now, but I'm going to pray for him. I just want to pray for them. And then I just shift into my prayer language, praying in tongues. And so he says, the Holy Ghost through us, the Holy Ghost through us will make intercession. Amen. With groanings that cannot be uttered in articulate speech. In other words, you can't articulate it, but the Holy Ghost through you begin to pray it. And then you just pray it in tongues. And we're going to look at this in greater detail as we go along. But that's because he said that we many times don't know what to pray that we ought to pray I'm so grateful I'm so grateful that Jesus gave me the Holy Spirit and a Bible that was inspired by the Holy Spirit to tell me how to live in the last days with all the things coming against us we got to be people that know how to pray more than just one way amen it's good to pray the word the word always works but what if I think about John Nadine? Well, John Nadine, uh, maybe they need some money. Well, what if something were to, something just happened to them, their car broke down in the middle of nowhere, and they were stuck in the desert with no water? Oh, Lord, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them to be healed. I'm praying for them to be healed. That's the wrong prayer. I know Joe and Nadine need prayer because they're on my heart by the Holy Spirit. And so if he doesn't tell me something specific to pray, I can pray all the different scatter shots I get. Say, man, I hope something hit. Amen. The Holy Ghost takes hold against together with my spirit to 
pray out those words that can't be uttered in articulate speech. And when I pray those words out, then things begin to take place. And you're going to see more in this. That That's really going to, I hope, get you excited. <clears throat> and so uh, pray those things can't be in articulate speech, not your regular kind of talking. And so the Spirit, Holy Spirit's talking about your prayer language, praying in other tongues, not your regular kind of speech. Verse 30, 30, 27, <clears throat> and he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Of course, the Bible teaches God's the one that searches our hearts. God's the one that knows what's in our heart. God knows us better than we do. He knows what's in our heart. He searches our hearts. says he knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the what? The will of God. The will of God. And people all the time say, if I only knew, if I only knew the will of God about this situation, I got three job offers. And if I only know the will of God, what does God want me to do? Or my, or my brother, my sister, my fellow church member said, 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 wow, I've been applying for jobs and all of a sudden I've got three different offers. They all look good. Which one should I take? I pray in tongues for the will of God to come to pass because he's the one that knows. And I've seen so many times people come to that very situation. I've been there before. And so they think what they think is the right job to take. And six months later, that company's been there for 80 years, goes under. And those other two offers they had are already filled. So they wonder what happened. We as believers need to learn how to pray in our prayer language with the Holy Ghost help us make intercession. As those things happen, you just begin to know on the inside. You just know that I know that I know that I know. How do I know? Well, the Word of God says, for are led by the Spirit of God. They're the sons of God. And the Holy Spirit will take hold and get together with your spirit to pray these things out. And then what are you praying? It says the perfect will of God. And so I call that praying perfect prayers of intercession because the Holy Ghost will not lead you wrong. Amen. Amen. And so that's how I pray for Israel. I pray other things. But when I think about Israel, instead of throwing scatter shots, I pray it in the Spirit. And so many times I've heard testimonies of people that have been praying for somebody, and myself included. I pray for people. And later on down the road, you'll hear them or see them and say, man, I'll tell you what. Three months ago, I was going through a very, very rough time. Didn't look like I was going to make it. They thought this. They thought that. The doctor said that the test show it's probably this, and it might be this, and it might be that, and nobody ever comes out of this. But I went back for the second time, and there wasn't anything there. Amen. Things change. And I like to always say this because God said to me this way years ago, faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. And so if there's things we know with our understanding already, we can apply our faith to that. But if all you see is a face or just keep thinking about somebody that won't go away, if you don't know how to pray in the Spirit, let the Holy Ghost intercede, then who knows? You may be the one that God was using to stand in the gap for them. I remember... When we first, when Mrs. Pastor and I first got married, I was on the midnight shift. And on the midnight shift on a truck dock, it doesn't take a whole lot of brains. It just takes a little bit of knowing how to use a two-wheeler or a forklift. And so you read labels, you move skids, you move things like that. And so just a lot of time on your hands. And so I prayed in tongues all night long. But I remember one time 
the Lord had me pray in tongues for this particular family. Kept praying for them and praying for them and praying for them and praying for them. As a family, I really didn't like. <laughs> they did a lot of damage to me. And so I just kept praying for her. But one night, uh, I'd only been married two or three months to her. I, I said, Lord, I said, I'd like to pray for my own wife, my own family. I said, uh, why do you not pray for them all the time? And he said it to me so plainly. He said, because you're the only one on the whole earth that's praying for them, and I want you to pray for them. He said, your wife's doing okay. Your family's doing okay. They don't need what this family does. You're standing in the gap for them. You pray for this family. And so... All I did is prayed in tongues for him, so the Holy Ghost used me to pray for this family. Amen? And things to happen. So we need to know that this is something that the Lord gave us. And I want to say it again. The entire New Testament was written by tongue talkers. Two tongue talkers. About the value of praying in other tongues. About why we do that. It's not just some stupid thing to have church fights about. It's to help you win in life. And let, let, me, let me say something else, too. I've learned in life, and maybe you have, too. The devil will always stir up strife and trouble about things he knows is going to cost him. He knows when tongue-talking Christians begin to use their prayer language and pray effectively, Satan doesn't like it. Why doesn't he like it? Because Jesus is the one that sent the Holy Ghost. On the day of Pentecost, he sent the Holy Ghost. That's something I'd like to point out that uh, if you don't look at it closely, you miss it. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Acts chapter 1 says, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and other women were up there with him. And so if Jesus thought so much of this gift of the Holy Ghost in us, he wanted to make sure his mom was present that day and her lady friends and his disciples then I'm going to honor that because Jesus chose that. And then through the book of Acts, more and more got filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's why as this thing spread across Jerusalem and across that part of, the, that, part of that nation there, that's why the apostles wrote in these epistles things about speaking in tongues because those people didn't know what they had. This was all a brand new world. The Bible wasn't written yet. They were writing the Bible. So these were letters to the church about who they were and what they had. Amen. So why after all these years would we want to listen to people that don't know anything about it or what somebody tried to tell them was wrong about it? You know, I'll just say this. I've never seen any non-spirit-filled people cast out devils. I've never seen non-spirit-filled people raise the dead. I've never seen non-spirit-filled people open deaf ears or blind eyes. I've done all those things. Amen. And see, when the Holy Ghost comes on you, you get power to do things. You get ability to change things. And that's not at all a put-down on people that don't believe in tongues. This is just saying, you want to take the elevator, you want to run all the way up the stairs. Amen. 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 And, and so uh, when the Holy Ghost uses us in praying for difficult things by praying in other tongues, we're praying out the will of God. And I want to say it again. We can say we're praying perfect prayers of intercession because if you're praying the will of God, and that's what it says, you're praying the will of God. How could that be a thing but perfect? 
because you're hitting the bullseye every time. And so I want to look at a passage that explains it in greater detail. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It's really a great chapter. And a lot of this chapter is talking about your prayer language, although it talks a little bit about the gift of tongues. And if we had time to teach on that, I'd go down the road, but I can't because I'm going to stay focused on these prayers of intercession for Israel and for other things in your lives. But uh, I just want to say this again, if you've never known this, so you'll get it. People that have not been baptized in the Holy Ghost teach against this. They use verses out of this. But there's a difference between the gift of tongues is speaking in a service and the prayer language of tongues that all believers can have they get filled with the spirit there's different different there's different rules for the gift of tongues that the holy ghost uses at a church service than in your private life and so people take that and they say dumb things really to me dumb things about that because they don't know what they're talking about and so for me i want to talk to somebody that already has experienced things and knows what they're doing i think look at colin one of the mechanics joe mechanic some mechanics in the church here. I don't want to talk to somebody that's never worked on a car before about a problem my car is having and let them diagnose it for me out of their stupidity. I want to talk to somebody that's actually worked on a car, knows what they're talking about, they can fix the car. And so if I want to learn about the baptism of the Holy Ghost or praying in tongues, I'm not going to go to somebody that's always been taught that it's wrong and ask them about it because I'm going to get the wrong answer. I want to go to somebody that opens their Bible, shows me the Bible, and then they've experienced these things and can tell me about it from the Bible. Amen? And so Paul right here, this whole chapter is really, really excellent. But to stay on topic, we're going to stay on this uh, parts of function on that, 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 that uh, focus on this. And so verse 2 says this, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. So when you're speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, who are you talking to? God. He says you're speaking unto God because no man understands him. God does. It says, at, where's, the, where's the Holy Ghost come from? It comes from God. Amen. It says we're making, making perfect prayers and praying the will of God. But we're praying. It says that you're speaking unknown tongue, you're speaking unto men, unto God. And so the tongue is unknown to men, but it's not unknown to God. Matter of fact, I'll tell you something really quick, really quick, just a side note. How many know that up to the Tower of Babel, it says everybody spoke the same language? Is that what it says? And then because they were on the wrong page and they thought they were greater than God, going to build a tower to God, et cetera, et cetera, God said, well, I'm going to have to change their language then so they all speak different things so they, so they, so they won't be in unity to try to do something stupid. But then when we get to heaven, think about this. How many different dialects and languages do you think are all on earth today? Well, guess what? We get to heaven, we're all going to be back to one language again. Because we're going to be able to, everybody's going to be able to talk and communicate. Well, down here on earth, down here on earth, we're back to the heavenly language again, where we're talking to the Lord in our heavenly language. And then on earth, with believers at a church service, and tongues begin to happen, the gift of tongues. People from everywhere then, when they get the interpretation, will know what's going on because the Holy Spirit does that. 
And so we're speaking in our prayer language in tongues. Nobody understands that, but God does, unless interpretation takes place. Amen. And so it says nobody understands him. But anyway, the tongue is unknown to men, but not to God. That's why we call it our prayer language. Because if you're talking to him, you're talking his language, the Holy Ghost language, the prayer language. Because we're not talking to men, we're talking to God in a language that he understands. No man understands him. How be it? Now look at this. This is really, really, really important. You see what he says here. How be it? Talk about somebody speaking in tongues. In the spirit. In the spirit, he speaketh. In the spirit. When you're praying in tongues, says you're praying in the spirit. Can you see that? In the spirit, in the spirit you're speaking. This is why we say praying in tongues is praying in the spirit because that's what we're doing because the Bible says it. It says we're praying in the spirit. We're speaking in the spirit. We're speaking in tongues. Does it say that? Does it say that? That's what it says. But what are we speaking? What are we speaking? It says we're speaking mysteries. We're speaking mysteries. And the Greek word right there says we're speaking divine secrets. We're speaking divine secrets. It says when we're praying to the Spirit, we're speaking divine secrets. And one thing I learned a long time ago, that at li- now listen, I'm going to tell you some other things about the spiritual realm you may not really understand. Satan cannot know what's in your heart. Only God does. Satan doesn't know what God is saying to you unless you open your mouth. Satan doesn't know what you're afraid of unless you open your mouth. Satan doesn't know what's going on unless you open your mouth. That's why he always tries to get people to talk about a lot of things that shouldn't be talked about. Proverbs ten nineteen says, The multitude of words are one that's not sin. He refrains his lips is wise. And so when you open your mouth and you're praying in tongues, divine secrets, Satan gets mad because he doesn't know what you're talking about. Only God knows. So when you're praying in tongues, when you got these problems in your house, in your church, on your job, when you get to pray in the spirit, you're praying divine secrets and Satan's left out. He's left out. He doesn't need to know if his fear attacks are working on you or not. That's why in Matthew chapter 8, that centurion told Jesus, he says, speak the word only. Let me remember that. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And then Jesus responded, that's the greatest faith I've ever seen. He said, there's not any great faith in Israel like this. If that man was a Roman soldier, but Jesus said, that's great faith. Why? He spoke the word only. So we as believers, when we're praying for things, we need to speak the word only. And if we can't speak the word, pray in tongues. Amen. How many get anything out of this? Amen. This, this is the word of God. Go ahead and clap. This really, this really works. And so he says, what, uh, he says, what is it then? Is that where I was at? Did my page flip? I lost my place. Where was it? Oh, 
hey, when my pages flip like that. Okay, here it is. Howbeit of the Spirit he speaketh, he speaketh these divine mysteries, these divine secrets. And so uh, we want to stay focused on that. I want to skip down to verse 13 for the sake of the lesson. So he says that, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. And, of course, this applies to spiritual gifts, but also in your prayer life. I've walked in this for over 40 years. Pray that it may interpret. And so uh, if you interpret your tongue, what would you be interpreting? Look at verse 2. You'll be interpreting divine secrets. It says, if you're praying, speaking and praying in a tongue, pray that you may interpret it. And so when you pray that you may interpret it, You'll be interpreting something God wants you to know. God wants you to see. God wants you to be able to pray about. You interpret. He says you interpret. Would God ask us to interpret something if he didn't want us to give the interpretation? It takes faith to do what God tells you to do. When God tells you to do something, you do it. And so when you're praying, I know what I'm praying. When I'm praying in tongues, I pray for interpretation. Matter, matter of fact, for years and years and years and years, I learned this about things that I preach in services. I say, Lord, you already know who's going to be there tonight. You know who's going to be there today. Lord, you know the answers they need and what they want. I'm praying in the Spirit, Lord, and I ask you to give me an interpretation of the service. What is it you want to say then tonight? What is it you want to say? And I just like, you know, most of the time you don't hear words coming to you. You just know. This is the flow. I'm flowing with this. And that's exactly how this service come forth tonight. When I was praying last week about this service tonight, I started thinking about Israel. started thinking, Lord, these people need to know what I know and how to pray effectively for Israel. And this is for your marriage or anything else you're praying for. You need to pray, and then you pray that you may interpret what it is God wants you to know. And I want to say it again. So many... You know, I just got words I use. You can use your own words about stuff. So many goofy religious people want to go around and hear the voice of God. Hear the voice of God. I think probably out of 43 years of doing this, I've heard the voice twice, I think, where God talked to me, where I knew it was the voice. Because he didn't say for men are led by the voice of God, they're the sons of God. He says men are led by the Spirit of God. The primary way God's going to lead you is by your spirit. Amen. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Well, Jesus is the word of God. And so what Jesus has always done with me, when I've been looking at things for answers, because I keep myself full of the word of God, verses always come to me that I know this applies. That's what I need to hear. That's the voice of Jesus to me, is hear the Bible verses that tell me what to do. But in our life, these things that we don't know about, because the Holy Spirit is going to take hold against together with, they're going to get results. As I'm praying, I always ask him for interpretation. As sometimes I see things, sometimes I don't. I just keep on praying. I pray for days, pray for weeks about things, pray in the Spirit, and then I begin to know what direction to go or what to do, or I'll get answers back from people. I'll hear testimonies that somebody had a big breakthrough. I'll say, Glory to God. I was praying for them, and they had their breakthroughs. Amen. Amen. So so those divine secrets are what we get. But then I want you to notice verse 14. 
For if I pray, if I pray in an unknown tongue, remember, it's unknown to you, but it's not unknown to God. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. That's why we call it pray to the spirit. When I'm praying in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. And the Amplified Bible says it this way, my spirit prays by the Holy Spirit within me. My spirit by the Holy Spirit prays within me. And think about that. That's what Romans 8, 26, 27 said. It said the spirit takes hold against together with your spirit to get the answer. And so Paul said, and listen, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was a Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, spirit-filled Christian. He said, when I'm praying in this unknown tongue, he says, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me praying. And then look at verse uh, uh, 14. He says, but my understanding is unfruitful. That means I don't know what I'm praying. I got over that a long time ago, tried to wonder what I was praying with tongues. I pray in tongues. I have no idea what language is, what the tongue is. Sometimes it changes, does different things, but it's the Holy Spirit in me. Pray with my spirit to get things done. My understanding is unfruitful. And so this is talking about your mind, your understanding. And that, that keeps you out of trouble. Do you know if you try to pray what you think is best for your kids sometimes? Or for another Christian, you might be praying the wrong thing because you're praying out of emotion. You're praying out of sight. You might be praying for God to give a million dollars. And you say, I've already tried that, and it ruined them. They didn't know how to handle it. And so when you're praying in tongues, you begin to pray things where God began to work on the inside of them and the inside out. They quit being stupid. If I got a million dollars, you know the first thing I'd do? I'd pay my tithe. You know why there's so many broke people? They run to the lottery. They had all the get-rich-quick schemes and they go broke. A believer pays his tithe. And for God to bless somebody really abundantly spiritually sometimes, they have to get to the place where they really reach out to God and they become a serious Christian start tithing. And start doing things right. And so that's why when your emotions get involved about people's lives, you're praying for your understanding. You don't understand much. But God knows it all. Amen. Amen. And so, let's uh, talk about your understanding. It says, for we know not what to pray for as we ought, Romans eight twenty six says. Verse 15. Now, this is a key, <clears throat> a big key. Look at this real closely as I emphasize. Paul said, what is it then? He said, I will. How many have a free will? You can will to come to church or not to come to church. You can will to pay a tithe or not to pay a tithe. You can will to forgive and love, or you can feel to hold on to ugliness and meanness and never forgive. You have a will to do what you want to do. You can will to pray in tongues. You will not to. Paul said, what is then? I will pray with the Spirit. He said, I will. He said, I will. So Paul said as an act of his will, he says he could pray in the Spirit anytime he wanted to. How many here pray in the Spirit anytime you want to? Amen. That's an act of your will. And see, you've got to get a hold of this now and how to pray these perfect prayers of intercession. He says, I will pray with my spirit. And then he said, also, to show you the difference, I'll pray with my understanding also. That's what I said. You pray what you know to be pray. If somebody, if somebody needs a job, 
That's easy to understand. They need a job. I'm going to pray for them, pray for favor, get the right job. If somebody needs healing, you know that. But if you don't know what they really need, he said, I'll pray with the Spirit. He said, I'll also pray with my understanding. And so this means praying things he knows in his mind. But many times we're praying in tongues for myself. What I found out, when I pray in tongues, pray for interpretation, that I begin to see by the Holy Ghost words to pray in English. Words to pray in English. Sometimes I'll be praying for a person, for a family, and when I'm praying, I'll begin to sense in my spirit a dark cloud hanging over their house. They'll come to church. They'll say things like this. Pastor, I need prayer. I'm just so depressed. There's no reason why I should be. I don't know why we're depressed. Everything's okay in our family, but we're just all so depressed. Well, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, etc., etc. There's demon forces out there. If all you're praying, if there's somebody, Lord, give them joy, give them joy, give them joy. He says, I've given it to them, but it can't get through because there's a dark cloud of demon oppression hanging over that house. And so then, as I'm praying for the family and I'm praying in tongues with my understanding also for interpretation, then I know the prayer of binding and loosening kicks in. Jesus said, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you permit on earth is permitted in heaven. So I say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, take that dark cloud off that family. I say, depression, get out of there. I remember when we was looking for our first church building back in Indiana. I just saw this and remember this. Our first church building... We were looking to get in the downtown square because we do God ones in the square of Martinsville, Indiana. And a couple of us walked around praying and looking, and there was no place on the square that we knew in our heart. And so I remember just as clear as could be, we were walking around praying, and when I was praying in tongues, all of a sudden, anybody ever see, I know they got to do Adam's family, I think, but the old Adam's family back in the 60s, well, they had a cousin in this great big hairy dude, just hair. Well, I remember we was walking around praying, looking for our building, and I was praying for interpretation of what I was praying, and all of a sudden, I saw this hairy thing. It looked about, about the size of a, these trash cans I got outside of restaurants and stuff to throw your trash in. Big old hairy thing like there, like cousin it. I said, what is that? And the Lord said, that's a hindering spirit. He's holding back your building. And I looked over at that thing. I pointed my finger and I saw it in the spirit. I said, you hindering spirit, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Take your hands off my building. And so then my person with me is my first elder. We went walking back around again. And he said, what are we going, what are we going for again? I said, he said, nothing here. I said, man, I got rid of that hindering spirit in the name of Jesus. Let's go. Right when we walked past this lady, walked out and put a for rent sign on the front of the building. Saw her do it. We walked in. That was our first. That was our first building for a couple years where we were at. But the whole thing was, I could pray all the other prayers I want, but there's spiritual warfare going on. If I didn't see that spirit, we'd never got that building. See what I'm saying? I didn't know how to pray for as I ought. You can do all the other stuff you want to do, but you need the Holy Ghost to show you things to do to be able to change things. There's so many stories I can tell you like that. There's things that you've got to see. You've got to get out of your head. You've got to learn to live out of your spirit. Amen. You need your head, but you need the Holy Ghost. You need your spirit more so. But you need to work together with them. 
and not be goofy, weird people. So anyway, uh, so many times I've seen that. But I want you to get this now in verse 18. This is so important. I thank my God. Paul said this. I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. And when he was talking to the church of Corinth, as this, chapter, as this uh, book starts off, he says, you guys are getting goofy. You're, spray, you're praying too much in tongues in church because they had so much tongues going on in church. People interrupt the services that he's, he was offering correction through this book. But then he said, now listen to this. You got to see this. I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than y'all. And this is connected as one thought in the next verse. Man broke this up and, 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 and put a separation of the verses, gave numbers to him. So look at this. I thank my God I speak with tongues more, more than y'all. And then verse 19, yet in the church. He said, I speak with tongues more than y'all. Yet in the church, I don't do it. He says, yet in the church. So he's explaining that he prays in tongues a lot privately, but not in church. Yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that my voice, by, that by my voice, I might teach others also. It's 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Can you see that? How he said, I speak in tongues more than y'all, but not in church. You know, I can stand up here right now. I just, Shabbat kobiseta. Now, how many got something out of that? You didn't. I'd rather speak in church five words that you can understand than 10,000 you can't. And so, see, this is one of those places there that non-spirit-filled people take out of context. They say, well, uh, you'd rather speak 10,000 words instead of five words in tongues. And say things like that. That's not what Paul said. He said, I speak in tongues. He said, he said, he said, I'm a fanatic speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues more than all of you put together, but not in church. In church, when the gift of tongues, interpretation comes in, it's not a long thing, confuses everybody. A tongue comes in, and either the person that's unctioned or given this grace by the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues speaks it. He either interprets it or God will have somebody else there that will. But that's a gift of tongues. And then the service moves on. You don't have preachers standing up there preaching in tongues because unless they're in a church in a foreign country and God gave them a special gift for that service, that's one thing. Can you see what I'm saying? And so he said, I speak in tongues. And, you know, I, I, I speak in tongues so much I have to watch myself because in Walmart I speak in tongues. Where I go, I speak in tongues. I'm just unconscious of it because I stay in communion with the Holy Ghost by speaking in tongues. And I've got to watch myself because I'm not trying to do something to bring discredit to the gospel. I just stay with it. But there's so much more we can teach you on this. But tonight, the primary purpose was to show you God has more for you to be more effective in your praying. And I'll say it one more time. We need the Holy Ghost to get a hold of us on the inside and use us to pray for Israel. Amen. 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 And then we know we're hitting the target. Anything else in your life, your family, your friends, things you're praying for. And remember this. The Word of God says we're praying divine secrets. And He says we can interpret those divine secrets. And so that's why we do what we're doing. And I really hope you took this seriously and listened. We're tenderhearted. 
And uh, Jesus wants to use you in a greater measure than he ever has. Amen. 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 I like to pray perfect prayers of intercession according to the word of God. Well, let's stand up. Amen. You go ahead and clap. Let's stand up. And uh, Josh, let's have, let's have the right song, whatever it is. But I want to give people a chance that have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost to get it if they want it. And let's, let's, let's stay in a holy, sensitive, tender-hearted mood right now because the Holy Spirit wants to do things. And, you know, I was talking to one person this morning, said that they went for the, tried to receive the Holy Ghost several times and never really did yet. And so we know there's people like that in here that you may need this. And the Bible teaches us that we're to quench not the Spirit, to grieve not the Holy Spirit. And so because of that, we can grieve Him by being nonchalant about spiritual things. And so think about this. There may be people in here tonight that really need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to help them get victory in life, to be able to pray different, to come up a level in life. And I want to say this again so people never misinterpret what I'm saying. I am not saying that people that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speak in tongues are a higher class of citizen in the kingdom of God. We're all equal. We're all, we're all the kingdom of God together. But to me and to Jesus, because he's the one that sent the Holy Ghost and told us that these sons follow them and believe they'll speak with new tongues, Jesus is the one that gave this to us. And so I, my highest desire as a pastor is to know that I've helped people to be stronger Christians, to get victory over depression, the devil, just all the dumb things of life. And so as Josh has us worshiping, just everybody do their best to hook up and enter in with it. And then for those of you that really desire the Holy Ghost to come up here, and did we say in the Word of God that when the Apostle Paul laid hands on these men, says they all received the Holy Ghost, begin to speak with other tongues? Well, I'm not an apostle. I am anointed man of God. And I have anointed hands. And if I lay hands on you and you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking in tongues, Jesus will do that for you. Amen. Amen. Well, pa Pastor Dave's got it. Pastor Dave, come up here with me. Amen. And, uh, and so if you want that, as we begin to worship, just come up here and just be on the inside of yourself. Pray and talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. I want to be able to pray out those divine secrets. I want to pray like that, Lord. If you get up here, we'll pray for you, and God will give it to you. Amen.
comfort this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. And to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. And there's nothing worth more that could ever come close. And nothing can compare your our living hope, your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen. Of the sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free And my shame is undone Your presence, Lord A Holy Spirit, you and fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord your presence Lord There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. and fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence 
hearts, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. Would you be Presence, Lord. 
atmosphere your glory god is what our hearts long for and to be overcome by your presence lord holy spirit you are welcome here come from this place and fill the
Jesus. I just want to give a word of exhortation that everybody that received the Holy Ghost spoke in tongues. Everybody I prayed for were speaking in tongues, but I got finished and thank Pastor Dave too. How, how many here spoke in tongues died for the first time? Amen. 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 Okay. Let, let me help you now. Let me help you now. Do you know that Jesus said Satan's a liar and the father of lies? 
Okay, let me tell you one of his favorite lives in a service like this when you've been filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm not here to talk to people who have been taught not in life the Word of God, but talk to people that are hungry for God. The devil wants to tell you, well, that's just you. Well, guess what? It is, but it's the Holy Ghost through you. It is just you. It's the Holy Ghost through you. Got a hold of your tongue. And then also, 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 he's going to th- say things like, well, well, you don't know what you're saying. Well, so good it's scriptural because that's what the Bible says. No man knows what he's saying. Amen. And so then Paul, do you notice Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit? He did. He said, I will pray with the Spirit. And he said, I'll pray with my understanding also. And so you will, as an act of your will, Everybody in here right now is an act of your will. Just pray in tongues just a few seconds with me. You ready? Let's just pray. How many did that as an act of their will? Well, Paul said, I pray in tongues more for y'all. Yet in church, I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather speak five words in a known language to help you. So when you get home, when you wake up in the morning, just start praying in tongues again. And that book back there in the bookstore, Why Tongues, will help you understand it. And always look at your own Bible to see the verses on it. Because you were a threat to Satan before, but now your now your threat to him just multiplied a hundredfold. Because now he doesn't know what you're praying, but God says he knows what you're praying. You're making perfect prayers of intercession. Hey Amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. And okay, so uh, for those of you that received prayer tonight, we've got we got a few copies of this book we want to give to you for free called Why Tongues. And uh, Pastor Katie, you're saying we're going to get some more. What are you saying? Okay, she also has a digital copy if you're if you want that. And I encourage you if you came up in the line tonight, you need to get this. Okay, it's going to explain some more. And as we close out, I'm also going to encourage those that receive prayer tonight. My dad just said this. But, you know, sometimes when we receive prayer to receive the Holy Spirit, some people have it in their mind that he's just going to attack you and force you to speak in tongues out of nowhere. And it's just going to be him, you know, making it all happen. But there's a yielding that takes place, like he just said, like Paul said, where I will speak in tongues. And so there's going to be on your end where you begin to just speak it out. And so I encourage you tonight that came and received this over these next few days when you're praying and at home and in private, you begin to speak this out. And what started as a little tiny spark, maybe just a few little syllables is going to grow into a flame on the inside of you. And Acts, the book of Acts tells us that when they received this Holy Spirit, amen, this baptism, that they had a power to witness for Jesus. You will have more power in your life and more fire. I can tell you that right now. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out in prayer. If you were one that came up to receive this tonight, come grab. We've got a few copies of this and we can, if nothing else, get you a a copy on your phone. Very short, tiny little book. You need to read it and it's going to show you even more about this. Amen. Let's go ahead and close in prayer tonight. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, for this incredible day, Lord, where we've seen so many people surrender and give their lives to you, Lord. And we've seen people surrender tonight 
to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so, Jesus, we receive that, and we thank you for this moment. And I pray that as we go out this week, that we would uh, just go in faith, Lord. Go in joy and go in the strength of God as we head out to Barstow and everywhere else that we're going to be this week, Lord. And we know that you are returning soon, and we are fired up. We have the power of God on the inside of us to do everything you've called us to do. We love you, and we thank you that Harvest Fest this week is going to be the best one we've ever had. We love you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? All right. Let's speak some faith over Barstow tonight. Let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. And then Desiree just found a whole stack of those books. So everybody can, can 